time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 38 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day. And kiss them too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? Caramel. It's one of our faves. Love it. They have great coffee over there. So if you're a fan of delicious coffee and scrumptious scones, and wonderful lunchtime specials, and your local, head on over. You will not be disappointed. Hello. Hey there. How are you doing? Great. Mid-August. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to fall, aren't we? Closer to fall. Mid-August has me thinking about the kids going back to school. Mm, That's not so fun. That is not so fun, but we are one of the only counties in Maryland left that goes back after Labor Day. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. At least for this year. So the kids get to enjoy through Labor Day and go back the Tuesday after Labor Day, just like we did. Like like we we did, right. We did it every single year. It was the way life was. Mm -hmm. There was no messing with it. Well, honestly, we were usually at the state fair. My sisters were usually showing, not me. Yes. We were usually at the state fair and that ran up through Labor Day. Exactly. So... The State Fair in Maryland is a huge thing. It is. It's super fun. We still try to go every year if we can. And the governor of Maryland is trying to protect it. Mm -hmm. And he did have to change it so different counties can make their own decisions now. Oh, wow. But when you have school and the fair going on at the same time. That's a bit much. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, we're kind of focused on school over here. Starting to think about, you know, fall, getting ready for different things that way. Trying to think early. As much as I whine about summer, I love this part where we're like halfway through August, we're heading into September, the days get warm, still enough for flowers and produce, but the nights are chilly. I love it. Oh, yeah. Love it. Like the last few nights, I haven't had to have the fans on the girls. Right. It's been cool enough here. Yeah. So that's been really good. How are the landscaping plans coming? Good, good. Our landscaper's coming back from vacation soon, and he'll be starting up, I think, this week, actually. They dropped all the trees. Oh, yeah. The front yard is unrecognizable with I know, all of those trees I can't wait to get going. over and see it. Yeah. So, and then all those shrubs are going to come out. Things are going to go in. The cooler weather means we're back to working on coops. And I'm playing a very lively game of Guess the Rooster <laughs> with, with the chicks. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. There's one that clearly has the serrations on his comb have come up. I would bet that that's a boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, nice. Before we move on, let me just take a minute to ask a favor. If you're listening and loving our show and would like to leave us a review, please go over to Apple Podcast and leave us a written review. It helps our show immensely and is so much appreciated. It really does help us to grow. We also have a Patreon page. Yay! You can go there to support the podcast. We have different tiers of membership. You can support the podcast. You get some benefits in return. Yeah. You can head on over to patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. And Check it out. See what we have. Yeah. It's fun stuff. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. From now until the end of August, you can receive 25% off if you are a first-time buyer. We have a special discount code for our listeners, CWTCL25. 
For 25% off your first purchase, you can follow the link in our show notes. If you haven't heard, Grubly Farms has a brand new Grubly Layer Crumbles food. It's made with grubs and plants, perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. Plus, they're the perfect size for bantams, and all products ship free. It's a great time to try Grubly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL25. Try it today. So it's about that time that we do our Breed Spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this week, we're in Sicily. Yay. Yay. So we are doing the Sicilian Buttercup. Yes. And part of my family is Sicilian. Yes. And this is one of my favorite breeds of chickens ever, ever. This is one that for a very long time, you have said, could look wonderful in your flock. It would. (laughs) It would. It would. I think it would be amazing in my flock. Which, if we think back to like last November at the poultry swap, I thought we were coming home with that. The buttercup rooster, yeah. Yes. I mean, we sat there for a very long time and looked at that rooster. Yeah. And looked at him. And the man was like, look, you can have it for $5. I know. I just really didn't have any place I could safely put him at that point. I was like, that's the worst thing you could have just said. Can you really wave in a $5 rooster in front of me? Dude, stop. But I held fast. I haven't retired yet. At that point, I was still working regularly. I don't know if that $5 Sicilian buttercup was put in front of you right now, if you would be Oh, you know he's coming home right now. (laughs) I'll be like, honey, we have nothing better to do than build yet another coop. (laughs) Let's build our 500th coop and run. I mean, seriously, if we walked in, say, a feed store, or if we ran into a breeder there that had chicks. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, So the reason is because they're beautiful. They're gorgeous little chickens. Buttercup. So the beautiful little Sicilian buttercup is a light-bodied chicken. It's a little one. They are, and they have a crown-shaped comb. Yes, it's very cute. It really is. If you see them in person, it's really neat. It looks like a crown. It does. The (laughs) kings and queens of small chickens. They've been raised on the island of Sicily for hundreds of years, but their actual origin is unclear. Right. They're similar to a couple of other small breeds, but they're the only breed with the buttercup comb. Yeah. Just them. Other similar breeds include the Golden Penciled Fayumi, the Golden Campine, and the Golden Hamburg. Yep. But we'll explore that probably in an upcoming Patreon episode. Yeah. We'll keep that for another time. That'll be an interesting one. The Fayumis and the Buttercups very well may be related, and they're both located on the Mediterranean where there was a lot of trading back and forth. Yeah. So that connection makes sense. According to the American Poultry Association Standard of Perfection, the Buttercup was first imported to the U.S. in 1835. So a while back. Yeah, pretty early. According to the Livestock Conservancy, there was a second importation in 1860, and there's a lot more documentation on that one. So there was Mr. C. Carroll Loring of Massachusetts, and he received birds from his neighbor, Captain Dawes, who likely imported them from Sicily. And Mr. Loring did breed them for several decades. Right. The standard of perfection also notes that all Sicilian buttercup stock in the U.S. are descended from or related to hatching eggs that were imported to the U.S. in 1892. Okay. The beautiful buttercup is currently listed in the watch category of the Lovesick Conservancy's poultry conservation list. They're hard to find. I think you can find more of them on the West Coast. This is just my philosophy personally, but yeah. I think these chickens get on the watch list mm-hmm. because they're not readily available. That's certainly part of it, yeah. You have to really search for breeders yes. for different areas that have them. Right. If the feed stores were able to get small amounts of them, yeah. people would definitely buy them. I would think so. They're gorgeous and people love the heritage breeds. Yeah. The Buttercup was accepted to the American Poultry Association Standard of Perfection in 1918. Okay. They're in the Mediterranean class. They have those pearl white earlobes and they have willow green legs. They lay smallish white eggs and they lay about four eggs a week. That's pretty good. 
Like the other Mediterraneans, the hens rarely go broody. So if you're going to breed yourself some buttercups, you want something else to sit on your eggs. You or want an a nankin. A nankin, that's right. <laughs> you want a beautiful nankin. Like most Mediterranean breeds, the buttercups were raised for egg production on their native island in Sicily. We talked about this a while back mm-hmm. when we talked about Italy and the birds there. Most families all had chickens. Right. And they were not eaten for meat. They were all egg that's right. production that's birds. Right. The chicken meat was generally reserved for special occasions. Right. The buttercups are on the small end of standard-sized chickens, with the roosters about six pounds and the hens about five. Not too bad, but that's about the size of the leghorn. Yeah, they're light-bodied birds. That's that Mediterranean class. They all tend to be light-bodied birds. And here's the fascinating thing. There's a bantam version right? of a small bird. And the bantam version, I think the standard says they need to be a quarter of the size wow. of, of the standard, which means that's less than two pounds. Yeah, that's crazy tiny. Very much along the lines of a true bantam. The buttercup has got beautiful colors and feather patterns. The hens are a pretty orange buff color, and they have black spangles at the end of each feather. Their necks and heads are straight buff. Yeah. The roos are gorgeous. They are. They really are. They're bright copper and russet. They have iridescent black green tail feathers and that big crown-shaped comb. This is unfair. All the roos get all the gorgeous feathers. They're flashy. Yep. And the poor little hens, they get the small combs, not as many flashy color feathers. Come on. You guys gave me a sign for Christmas. It said the rooster may crow, but the hen delivers the goods. Well, exactly. That's it. But That's still, it right there. The hens want some of the flash. Well, I think the spangles on the buttercup, they give her some flash. Yeah. They're really pretty little birds. But you're right. The boys always get the flashy stuff. Yeah. And they're known to be friendly, so that's good. They are, yeah. The little buttercup will probably need some protection for cold and frostbite with that comb. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Yes. And they're definitely more heat-hardy than cold-hardy. I mean, they're from Sicily, so you would expect that. I was reading that some call them flighty, but... Yeah, we talked about that in previous episodes, flighty. If you're using it to mean unfriendly, it's not really true in this case because they're known as friendly chatty chickens. I mean, flighty to me is when you go to touch a bird, they're going to try to fly away. A startle reflex. A startle reflex. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they have to have that to survive. And the buttercups can fly, so they might take flight if you startle them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're little. Right. They also like to roam and forage, and they aren't particularly happy confined in really small spaces. So you need a nice run because they're not one that you're going to let free range, and it's going to do well. Heck no, because I'm not climbing up a 50-foot pine tree to get this chicken down. Because they're little, which means they can fly. They can fly, Absolutely. There is an American Buttercup Club, and, and there's they, a website. Yeah, they have a website. I checked it out. They do list a couple of breeders, but it's just a couple. That's why I'm saying this bird is on the watch list. There's not a lot of places to get this bird. It will be interesting to see where it is when the new poultry conservation list comes out based on the census. People are more into now getting different breeds. Yeah. So it's helping these little breeds out a little bit more. It is. I'm really looking forward to the results of the poultry census for 2020. We should invite Jeanette Behringer on the show to talk about the results. Yeah. So if you're looking for breeding stock or just pet quality birds, the Livestock Conservancy Breeders Directory, you can try there for stock. Always. Central Preservation does sell Buttercup straight run. Okay. Well, they're bantam. They're small. They're small. And the bantams, I mean, they're going to be hard to size. Oh, Lord. Yeah. A lot of the commercial hatcheries do carry them. You have to look for them. Right. I mean, they're not going to be like in a popular breed assortment. And you're not going to get them at your local farm store. You're going to have to maybe go to a poultry swap, like Maryland has the Maryland poultry swap. And that's where you get the breeders. Just ask around. I mean, even something like joining the Livestock Conservancy's Facebook group, if you're a member, and asking on there if anyone has them. Yeah. Things like that. I was surprised how many of the commercial hatcheries had them. But again, you really have to look for them. Yeah. 
So that winds up our beautiful, beautiful Cecilia Buttercup. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does that have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yes. Let me just take a minute to tell everybody about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. There are tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You cannot go wrong with these chicken teas. They are so cute and so soft. In the August box, I absolutely love the copper chicken earrings and the bloodstock powder. They're very shiny. I love the coin purse. It's quilted and it's going to be a great tote for my lip gloss. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order and shipping is always free. It's such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. So it's about time that we move into our main topic. Today, we're talking about small space urban chicken keeping. Yeah. And you know what? It's kind of good that we're just finishing up talking about the smaller birds because they're ones that will work well with a smaller urban chicken keeper. Yeah. As long as you're not keeping them in the coop, they're out where they can dig. and You need to have a run. Right. Let's say you have a concrete fenced backyard, which some places in the city do have. You still want some sort of a top because there are birds of prey in the city. Yeah. They're there. You definitely need a top wherever you are, even if you're in the city. So can you keep chickens in a tiny (gasps) backyard? And the answer is... Of course. Yes. You can. You can. But you want to check your state and local ordinances first because you don't want to risk having legal action taken against you and your birds. That would be very tough. Well, here's the thing. You could go out and get a bird and then all of a sudden you didn't check this beforehand. Yeah. And you have that neighbor that's like looking out the door like... Dirty chickens. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get attached to your birds and then the city's like... I'm sorry, you can't have your birds. It really, so really check terrible. It. it makes sense to check first. It does. Always check. And a lot of cities do allow birds. Uh, New York does. Yeah. Baltimore City does. Baltimore we, although, City definitely does. Baltimore City, you do have to have a permit, and it's based on the size of your lot. Mm-hmm. You can have chickens no matter the size of your lot, but they need to inspect your coop. The number of birds you can have depends on your right. space. Right. But they're definitely legal. And here's the difference. A lot of places will not allow roosters. Right. So our town of Bel Air, if you're in town, it's a small little historic town. It's a cute town, yeah. You cannot have roosts. Right. Their city ordinance says you can have all the hens you want, uh-huh. but no roosters. So outside the town, you you're can fine have with it. Harford County, you can have however many you want. So if you know that you absolutely cannot have a roo, you know that it's against the law, you can go with an auto-sexing breed like our favorite, the lovely leg bar. Yes. And you know what? If you really can't have a rooster, definitely pick auto-sexing. Yeah. Because you don't want a chance. If you want to get from chicks, yeah. If you want to grow Getting a rooster and then what are you going to do? So auto-sexing in little urban chicken-keeping areas that are small. Right. The leg bar is also a smaller chicken. It is a smaller body chicken because they're at least half Mediterranean. So it's the way to go. And you would get gorgeous blue eggs. Their eggs are so pretty. Blue-green somewhat. Yeah, my friend is laying regularly. And as we've said, her eggs are more like a turquoise collar. You could also buy grow-outs or point-of-lay pullets. You'd be buying from a breeder there, probably a local breeder. But it is an option, especially if you want bantams. Yeah. Or you could go to the swap. Something like the Maryland Poultry Swap. Check online. Google poultry swap and see if there are any in your area. If you're actually listening to us in Maryland, they have a Facebook page and they have the swap three times a year. Yes. And it's an excellent place to get breeds that you can't find. It really is. So then we come to the need for space. How much space do you really need for your chickens? 
you need enough space for them to be able to walk around and not be stuck in a coop the entire day. Right. So here's where I am. There are some little tiny coops and runs that are connected and one structure almost. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're way too small. If you're going to leave your birds in there all day, they're definitely too small. It gives them no room to even walk around. Really? I guess they're intended for people who free range all day. Even though that coop is small and it has its own run with it, Uh it would not be enough space. It certainly wouldn't work for a bird like the buttercup. No. Or the Hamburg, smaller body birds, but they definitely need room to forage and dig and do normal chicken stuff. Yeah. Industry standards, the minimum rule of thumb is two to three square feet per chicken inside the chicken coop. Okay. And eight to 10 square feet per chicken in an outside run. And of course. More square footage is always better. Right. I've seen in some places where they even say four square feet per chicken inside the coop. I think we've even said that before. Yeah, probably. The size of your coop is important if you're in some place where you get a lot of inclement weather. Right. And they're going to be stuck in the coop all day. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world if your birds are just sleeping in there. I agree with you 100%. The coop is important for shelter. Right. For warmth, to keep them cool. Right. To sleep. Exactly. What is the most important above and beyond is the run. Yeah. So if you have a little bit of space for them to be able to walk and scratch and do that kind of thing, you can definitely have them in the city. Sure. Yeah. It's just a matter of making that space work for you. And here's the thing. You can't have a lot, though. If you want a lot of chickens, you have to go to bantams. That's where it's good to think about your breeds. If you're looking for eggs. Yeah. A Mediterranean is small body that will lay you a lot of eggs. A bantam cochin, does it get much cuter? But you're not going to get as many eggs. If you're about eggs. You really have to research these breeds. Right. And that's also a number one thing in urban chicken keeping is research your breeds. Definitely. To figure out which one really likes to free range a lot. Right. What's going to work for you? Which one's better in confinement? I mean, frankly, you could get a small body chicken like the Egyptian Fayumis. They're good layers, but they never shut up. Well, plus, <laughs> they, love they love digging and ranging. They're very and busy. Flying into trees and different things like that. Yes. So that might not be a chicken for an urban space. I said that kind of meanly, like they never shut up. Actually, I think it's charming. I love that. They talk all the time. (laughs) I love No, I love the Fayumis. They're really neat little birds and they talk a lot, but your neighbors might not like it. Yeah. So that's just another thing to think about. Yeah. If you're in truly small urban space, something like the omelet would be perfect for that. That's what I would recommend. You put it together in situ. So right there, you're putting it together where it's going to be. It has its run with it and you can add to the run. Yeah. It can be small. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you're free ranging them in the yard supervised, you're right there. That can work. And like you said before, if you're free ranging them in a yard where they're free ranging, there needs to be a cover. I can't speak for other cities, but Baltimore City, there's all kinds of wildlife. There oh, yes. are definitely raptors, you yeah. know, airborne birds yeah. that hunt. There are foxes, there are raccoons, there are even been coyotes. Yeah. And not to mention rats, cats, dogs, Absolutely. all these things in the city. So you definitely need some protection for your chickens. You can also build a small custom coop. Yeah. That would also work. That's actually something we're going to be doing in an upcoming episode. Yeah, that's going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking about how to build a coop. Yes, and you can believe that they're going to be very creatively painted (laughs) because we like some bright colors on our coops. You know, urban chicken keeping is becoming a huge thing. I love it. Absolutely. There's no reason why you can't benefit from some fresh eggs, having the chicken, having that camaraderie with the chicken. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
If your mindset is more chickens equal more happiness, I fully understand this. We know that you do. You may want to consider the bantams, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. The bantams are absolutely charming. They eat less, but they do still provide food security. I mean, their eggs are small. We've said this before. I think it's two to three for one. Right. And if you're scrambling eggs, it doesn't matter. You just keep piling in but, the eggs. I mean, again, that's food security. If that's your aim, you have a little garden, you have your bantams. I think that could be absolutely charming. The only con with that is you have to buy grow outs. Yes. Because if not, you would get a lot of roots. Right. And bantams are not easily sexed as right. one day old chicks. So, yeah. The other thing is if you're in a cold climate, they may need supplemental heat in the winter. The, That's almost a guarantee, really. Oh, yeah. But there's such really safe options out there these days yes. that that shouldn't be a problem. Oh, yeah. Any of the low wattage panel heaters like the Cozy Coop heater are perfect other, for that. The other thing that we're thinking is if you're in an urban setting, your chickens may need a little more personal attention. You're keeping them in a small space. Right. You're going to need some boredom busters. You're going to need some ideas to keep them busy. Because bored hens are hens in trouble. Yes. They yeah. pick on each other. They yep. pick somebody and then they're like, well, I'm not having fun, so I'm going to pick on you. And then you can have flock dynamics that are not in a good place. Yeah. You really, really do need to keep them busy. One of the things we've mentioned is several times, but digging. They want to dig. Right. So wherever they are... Make sure the substrate doesn't get hard, dried out, and compacted. You can even just get a bag of mulch. Put mulch down. You let them dig through it. Fresh mulch or compost. You can bring in fresh topsoil. When I put the mulch down or wood chips down in my run, when it's been <laughs> raining, I don't spread it. I yeah. just rip a bag open and leave it in a they huge do pile. It. They love it. They will spread it for you perfectly. It's oh, really yeah. fun to watch. Them. That's what they like to do. They will spend hours flattening out a giant mulch pile. Oh, yeah. It does their little hearts good. They like to turn over garden beds, especially if you don't have flowers in there yet. So in the spring, you know, when you're... Turn it over. Yeah, let them go out there and turn it over for you. That's perfect. As we mentioned, predators are still a problem in small urban areas. Always. Yeah, and rodents. That's what I was saying. Even in the urban areas, these types of things can get into your run. Right. Into your coops. Yes. And terrorize your chickens. Absolutely. Where I am, I lock the food up at night. No food yeah, stays out yeah. in the run yep. or the coops it, to draw draws, anybody towards the draws coops. draws predators and it draws rodents. But especially in a small space, take that food. You can get one of the big galvanized trash cans yeah. and then close it all up in there mm -hmm. and keep them locked up at night. We really recommend using raised feeders that yes. with legs or hanging feeders. Yes. This helps keep the food from spilling. And if food is spilled on the ground, rake it up. Yeah. You don't want to leave it there. If it gets wet, if it rains, it will get moldy like overnight. Right. And it will stink and it's disgusting. And believe me, the neighbors will smell it and they won't like it either. Yeah. You don't want them eating that spoiled no, food. No, no. It's not so, good. So all in all, if you're in an urban setting, I would highly recommend chicken keeping. Absolutely. There's no reason why. There's so many options on the market for cool coops yeah. that are made for the urban area. Just do the research first. Right. You want the right breeds. You don't want a Jersey Giant rooster like Ricardo. <laughs> you don't want a Jersey Giant. No. In a very small backyard. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. I cannot. If you're an urban chicken keeper and you're listening to us, send us some pictures of your setup. Yes, please. We would love it. We would love to be able to share them on our Instagram yeah. page. And if you have any tips that we haven't thought of, yeah, let us for know. Sure. We would really love to hear from you. Yeah. So I think it's about that time we move to cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. Okay. We're still in Sicily. Yes. Can I go there for real? Oh, I mean, right. Seriously. That would be amazing. Coffee with the chicken ladies from Sicily. Yeah. So we're doing Sicilian sesame cookies, also so known good. as biscotti regina. 
They are crunchy, delicious little cookies. You know what this reminds me of? Biscotti. No. Were we in middle school or high school where we had to do a project? I think it was in Spanish class. We've been in so many projects where we had to okay. make stuff. Well, we had to make these cookies and they were like the worst cookies we've ever made. They were Argentinian cookies. I remember that they were hard as a rock and you had to like soak them in <laughs> tea if you wanted to get a tooth into them. It just brought back that memory. Anyway. Before you go on, I have to say, remember the worst was industrial arts. <laughs> yes. I was thinking about that today, too. We had plastics. Yes. And you're supposed to take this plastic and melt it into a candy dish. I think you put it over a drape mold and let it harden that way. Something. Well, somehow we messed ours up in class and we put them in the real oven at home. Yeah, we did it in my house. I remember. <laughs> the yeah. whole yeah. house was smoked out. Yes. We had to improvise. We had to think on our feet because we didn't have any way to do this. And we wouldn't pass the class if we didn't. I know. We make were like, these. oh, my God. So what we did, I can't believe my mom let us do this. We put that plastic in the oven. In our oven at my house. And then we took wet paper towels and bent the scallops <laughs> in there. We were very resourceful. But my God, how insane. We got bees on them. They were not perfect, but he gave us bees for Mine's probably still at my mom's house somewhere. I don't know where mine is. I just remember the entire house being completely and in smoke let us do it. from Thanks, the plastic Mom. in the oven. Yeah. Back to delicious things in your oven. This was interesting to me. So the island of Sicily not only produces pretty little egg-laying chickens that yep. I want, they're also very well known for their sesame seed yes, crops. Yes, they are. On Sicily, they grow a small amber-colored variety of sesame. Yep. See if I can pronounce this correctly. Ispica. It has a strong sesame taste, and Sicilians use it in a lot of their baked goods, including these cookies. Yes. And apparently, it's also used in a famous nougat and a few other really well-known Sicilian candies. Oh, yeah. That I cannot pronounce. So, we're not even going to try. But they sound amazing. So, it's actually not a difficult recipe. You're going with the kind of standard ingredients. Flour, butter, sugar. It requires two eggs, some lemon zest, baking powder, and then you use a cup of sesame seeds for rolling the cookies. Of course, you need sesame seeds. It's not bad. You mix all the ingredients together into a dough. You turn it out and knead it a bit. Right. And then you roll it into these long ropes. You chill those. Mm-hmm. You cut them in rectangles. You dip them in either milk or water. And then you roll them in the sesame seeds. Right. I suppose you could do egg whites too, but then you have a yolk running loose. And we and- know how we feel about this. Exactly. So milk or water it is. I would probably just use soy milk or something. Yeah. Then into the oven they go. I did find most of the recipes that I looked at called for you to soften the edges so they were like ovals but we are lazy yeah we did not do that we want to be different i did find a couple where they just did the. we want to do our thing we want to make things ours yes so these are very rectangular sicilian (laughs) cookies but delicious they're not super sweet cookies the italian cookies really aren't they're not yeah no Uh, most biscotti really isn't when you think about it here's the other thing most things in life didn't start out as sweet as they are now. No, no. That's kind of an American thing. Uh, absolutely. Adding like so much sugar. sugar. Yeah. yeah. So the recipe makes two and a half dozen cookies and it only uses half a cup of sugar. Wow. Yeah. You can add a few tablespoons more if you want a sweeter cookie. And you can always drizzle a little sugar on top right before you bake them. Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. do that sometimes with my stuff. I actually do like a less sweet cookie if I'm having it with coffee or something. Oh, yeah. So they're perfect for me. Delicious. And they're Sicilian. And they're Sicilian. You can't go wrong. To go with my buttercup chickens. Your buttercup chickens with your cup of coffee and your Sicilian cookie. Yeah. Now, the only thing that would make this perfect is retail therapy. (laughs) Retail therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in Italy. 
We're going to do vintage Italian chicken pottery. Yeah, we did spread it out a little bit. I feel like unless we're actually in Sicily to do some of the research, we really had to broaden this into all of Italy. So one thing we have learned over the years of our collecting and thrifting, etc., is that chickens, especially roosters, are very, very popular in Italian pottery. Oh, immensely. I don't know if any of our listeners have seen these pictures. These pictures are like the shape of a rooster. They're so cool. They're really cute. And the cool thing about them is there's a really cool backstory to these things. Yeah, there's a legend that goes along with them. We read that it is, well, we'll tell you the legend first. There was a member of the de' Medici family who was famous for throwing parties all the time. Right. And there's a rival family, the Pazzis. Yes. And they were always trying to find ways to take out the Medicis. They were like, look, find out where this group's having this party, uh-huh. and then we're going to take this guy out. Going to assassinate him. Yeah. Yeah. So the legend says that he was throwing a party. Yep. And the Pazzi family attempted to sneak in to assassinate him, but they had to go through a yard full of roosters. Yes. And we all know what a rooster does when they see somebody they don't know. Yeah. So the roosters started crowing and it woke up the guards and the guards stopped the Pazzi's family from coming in and assassinating the Medicis. So the next day, they had an immense second party uh-huh. to celebrate the non-assassination of their leader. Thanks to the roosters. And he had these made and handed out to everyone in the village, the pitchers. The pottery rooster pitchers. So that goes along to a tradition that we read about. It's supposed to be an Italian tradition to give one of these ceramic rooster pitchers to friends or to relatives as wedding or housewarming gifts. If you Google Italian chicken pottery, that comes up. And if you look at some of these, they look like the Sicilian buttercup. Yeah, we did find ones that were actually definitely Sicilian buttercups. Yeah, Right. So they are cool. And they make the roosters almost look like soldiers to me. That's just how I interpret it. They're really stylized. They're very cute. And a lot of them have really intricate painting on them. Yeah. I think that different potteries make them. One of the most famous potteries that makes them is the Deruda pottery. Oh, wow. There's a Christmas one. There's a Christmas one. It's definitely a Christmas buttercup rooster pitcher. The Deruda pottery does make these chicken pitchers. They're all hand painted. They're really amazing. But a lot of their other offerings have chickens and roosters on them as well. Oh, yeah. I had a thrift store find last year, I think. At a consignment shop. And you know what the mid-century snack sets are? I know yes, you collect them. I have them. It's like a plate and there's a little oh, yeah. mug or teacup that yeah. goes along with it. Well, I found this amazing pair. It's two of them. They have freehand roosters painted on them. Yeah. Really, really, really cool. If you're listening along with us and you're able to look up on your phone, the Italian chicken pottery, it's worth a look. I'll take a look, yeah. The classic is the yes. rooster pitcher. Yeah. But the Italians do so much with the pottery they're known for it for right. all throughout time. And it's just gorgeous. You can get figurines. Uh-huh. You can get the pictures. I actually personally don't have a picture. After this, I'm going to be searching. I'm going to be searching as well. I don't have one either. You know, we're about finding it in the wild. Exactly. But who knows on this? Oh, I might you have could to... go onto Etsy or eBay and you could find them, no problem. Yeah. But we are always searching in the wild. That's how we like to do it. Yeah. Thrill of the hunt. The thrill of the hunt. You can go through, I mean, there's so many images of certain things. Yes. And you can check out eBay. You can check out just on Google and find different people who are selling them. Estate sales, things like that, antique shops. All of those are worth checking out. See if you can find one of these. They're so cool. They really, really are. That's definitely on our to find list. The story is so cool. It's a great story. It is. I don't know that I told it very well, but you can look it up. 
Do we know if it's folklore or or 100% real? We don't know that. We don't know. I mean, obviously, the de Medici family is well known in history. So we know they're real, but. I want that one. Oh my God, that's cute. It's cute and it says Vino on it. (laughs) (laughs) Pour me a glass of wine out of your Rooster Pitcher. He's got a little apron on him with like the little grapes. It's It's cute. It's really cute. Yeah. If you're like us and you have to have chicken stuff everywhere, check it out. Tailoring your collection a little bit if you wanted to add Italian pottery would be really great. I don't have any Italian blood at all. You have plenty. Well, your best friend does. That's right. What it says to me that chickens are so prolific on Italian pottery is how important the chicken always has been in Italy. Oh, yeah. The Mediterranean chicken breeds, the Leghorn, the Ancona, all of those, the Sicilian buttercup. Let's look at it this way. What is Italy known for in the Mediterranean? Wheat-based pastas. Right. What's in those? Flour and egg. That's true. So everything's out there that shows that they use these chickens for eggs and making dishes from those eggs. So the pottery, it shows how important the chicken it, was it really to them. Does. It's just so cool that it's you can get a piece cool. of it. They're not the least expensive things you're going to get. But it's worth it if it's something that you want to display. Absolutely. We need one for our recording studio. I feel like we do. There's a spot on the shelf over there. There is a spot on the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) We like to put stuff that we really love around us, especially when we're working. So we might have to get one for us. I think so. So do yourself a favor and Google it and check it out. It's awesome. Should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Okay. Next week, we're going to talk about a really interesting chicken, the Norwegian Yerhunt. It's awesome. Yep. Our main topic is calcium, the importance of calcium for your flock. very, very, very How it's used, et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting recipe for breakfast pizza. Yay. One of yours. It's got to be simple. (laughs) (laughs) And our retail therapy is a card game, Chicken Challengers. Chicken Challengers. Yeah. Can't wait. Good stuff. So until next week, what should we tell everybody to do? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. Don't forget. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.